You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. He says, the Shulchan Aruch says, Mitzvah lirchotz kol gufo. So ideally on Erev Shabbos, one should bathe or shower their entire body. Now for us, 21st century, it doesn't sound like much of a Chiddush that there's going to be uh, such an obligation. Most people, if not everybody, is doing that anyways. But you have to remember that not too long ago, before they had running water, so it was difficult to obtain water, to be able to, the, the amount of water which would be necessary to bathe, or they didn't really shower, but to, uh, to bathe. And then to go ahead and heat up that water also is not something which was such an easy task. So it was something which is a mitzvah to do. The, and then the Ramah says, the, in EF Sherlo, and in the event that you can't wash your entire body, at the very least, you should be washing your face, hands, and feet. Those are the parts of the body which will likely be visible to others. So you want to make sure, at least on that level, that you are clean and ready for Shabbos. That's a way of honoring Shabbos. And then it says further, it's also a mitzvah, if you can, to go ahead and shampoo your hair and to go ahead and to cut your nails also on Erev Shabbos, if you discover that your, your nails are long. So also Erev Shabbos is a good time to go ahead and cut your nails. Should make regular nail salon appointments. They should be scheduled for Erev Shabbos. Again, for those of you who have that scheduled. And then says the Ramah, he adds, in the event that your hair is big, and it's interesting to me that he uses the term big rather than long. I'm not sure why exactly he does so. Maybe he's talking about a fro. So in the, in the event that your hair gets big, so you add a couple of inches onto the top of your head for those who are not the follically challenged. So mitzvah legalchan, so it's a mitzvah to go ahead and to cut that hair also on Erev Shabbos. So the basic idea is, the basic halacha of Shabbos over here, this is in Simon Reish Samach, Sif Aleph. So the basic idea behind this uh, this uh, particular sif, is that regular grooming should be arranged to be done, should be scheduled to be done before Shabbos, because if you're going to be doing it anyways, and you do it specifically before Shabbos, on Friday before Shabbos, that is a way of being able to demonstrate covered Shabbos, that's a way of being able to give honor and respect to Shabbos, and that's one of the things that we do in order to go ahead and to uh, to get ourselves into a good frame of mind in terms of the holiness and the sanctity of the day, that this is part of dressing up for the occasion. Okay, give up. Now, so where does the issue arise? So it seems to be pretty straightforward that in the event that somebody has long hair, they should be cutting their hair tomorrow. In the event that somebody has long nails, they should be trimming their nails tomorrow. So what's the issue? So the issue is source number two. Now, I have a, a set of svarim called Shmiras Haguva Nefesh. Shmiras Haguva Nefesh is, a, as I said, it's two volumes about things uh, related to all aspects of life that are potentially dangerous. Sometimes it's physically dangerous, sometimes it's spiritually dangerous, but whole, a whole safer about uh, uh, precautionary things that one should keep in mind and when there are concerns and when not. 
uh, if you ever want to know about, uh, you know, cutting down fruit trees, so this would be a primary source that you'd want to go ahead and look into. If you want to know about closing up windows when you're remodeling your home and getting rid of the window altogether, this is a place that you would go ahead and look at all of these things of, uh, you know, having meat and fish together is something which is discussed in the Sefer. Anything having to do with potential Sakana is in this Sefer. So in the Hakdama, it's a very long introduction, but in the Hakdama, so he has a long arichus, a long uh, analysis of the weight that we give to Sefer Hasidim in general. Sefer Hasidim written by Rabbi Yudah Hasid, that's the name that you have at the end over there, where he writes down all sorts of um, uh, paragraphs seemingly unrelated. There doesn't seem to be a logical sequence in the Sefer itself. Some things have to do with, uh, you know, just giving pshat and psukim or pshat and chazal. And some of them are warnings where we don't know exactly what the basis of this is, but we know that Buda Chassid was a great Kabbalist. And therefore, his, uh, what he writes carries a certain element of weight to it. It's not something which is just to be ignored or dismissed. Not that we always paskin like him, but it's something which uh, we would not be uh, so quick to dismiss. On top of that, so Yudah Chassid also a tzava. That's the word in the middle over here. The tzava is going to be like an ethical will. Specific things which he was like, which he was warning about besides what he wrote in the Sefer. And then there's an additional debate amongst the poskim whether or not this tzava which he wrote, this ethical will which he wrote, was that intended for just, let's say, his family and his students, or he actually intended that the tzava would be relevant for all, everybody, would be relevant for all Klai Yisrael. So I wanted to look up and give you a little bit of a, a background of that. But when I went down to get those uh, those farm today, I remember that when I didn't see them, I remember that I loaned them to somebody a number of months ago and have not yet uh, received them back. So apparently Rabbi Yudah Hasid does not talk about borrowing farm and not returning it. <laughs> but anyways, so that is, so this is the Rabbi Yudachasid. So this idea that where the, the, the question arises, which is the topic of this year, so it arises from the tzava, from the ethical will of Rabbi Yudachasid. It's an os memches. Anybody wants to look it up? So he says as follows. And you'll see how terse he is and how he doesn't bother to explain why he's saying what he says. But he says, person should not cut their hair or trim their beard on Rosh Chodesh. V'chein, and similarly, a person should also not trim his nails on Rosh Chodesh. That's it. That's the entire time. That, the, the whole rest of this year revolves around trying to understand, number one, what exactly did the Sefer Chassidim mean when he wrote this? And is that going to be applicable even when you have now what seem, would seem to be a conflict between source one and source two, where there's a mitzvah to cut your hair on Erev Shabbos, if you need a haircut, but now you're saying that you don't cut your hair on Rosh Chodesh, so when Rosh Chodesh falls on Erev Shabbos, so in the, as, as you all know, in the rock, paper, scissors of halacha, so what's going to prevail? Is Erev Shabbos going to prevail and cut your hair because you need a haircut? Or does Rosh Chodesh prevail and you're not going to cut your hair because of Yudah Chassid says that you should not be cutting your hair on, on Rosh Chodesh. So that's going to be the issue. We're going to put aside the whole thing related to, uh, to fingernails because that's a whole subcategory of this Shaila. Because it may very well be, even though Yudah Chassid groups together in the same sentence, hair cutting and nail cutting, post can differ, actually differentiate between the two. 
but we're not going to go into nail cutting now. Maybe we'll do that uh, as a separate shear at a uh, at a separate time. Okay, so now the question is, so is there going to be, so what's going to happen, as we said, when source one and source two are in conflict with one another? When Rosh Chodesh falls in Erev Shabbos, can you get a haircut or not? So if you look in the next source over here, we have the Magen Avram. So he writes, he, he's not the first one, the Knesset Sagdol is the first one, but the Magen Avram is easy to access. So the Magen Avram on this simon in Shulchan Aruch. So he writes, there are some places which do not get haircuts on Rosh Chodesh. Now, before we see the rest of what uh, the Magad of Ram says, it's important to note that he writes, he begins by saying, Yesh Mekomos. Yesh Mekomos literally means there are some places. So the Magad of Ram is already telling us that this is something which may not be a universal halacha. It may be something which is location dependent in terms of some places may have the minog to be makbid about such things. They may have a minog, uh, a, a practice of being uh, cautious about such matters. And other places may not be concerned about this at all. And we'll see more about this in Source 5 in a moment. But the Magan of Ram does say there are some places which do not get haircuts on Rosh Chodesh. And then he says, Vafilu chal vav. Even when Rosh Chodesh falls on Friday, like today, today, tomorrow. So even in that case, it's going to be, uh, they, they would avoid doing so. Because Rabbi Yudah in source number two, this is what he said. He said, we don't get haircuts on Rosh Chodesh. And if he said, we don't get haircuts on Rosh Chodesh, so why would we think that Rosh Chodesh which falls on a Friday should be any different? And therefore, it's something which uh, the Magan of Ram says that there are some places which are mockbit about this idea. And those who are makbid would be makbid even when Rosh Chodesh falls on Friday. Okay. Now, can we just go ahead and say, listen, Rabbi Yudah Chassid is stating a halacha, and as a halacha, so we could either decide to paskin like Rabbi Yudah or uh, Chassid, or not paskin like Rabbi Yudah Chassid, and maybe it's putting aside whether or not it's a minog, but maybe we could go ahead and we could just say, listen, not, we never paskin like any particular opinion. We don't always paskal like the Rif. We don't always paskal like the Rambam. We don't always paskal like the Shulchan Aruch. We don't always paskal like the Mishnabura. So by the same token, we don't always paskal like Rabbi Yudah Hasid, and we could just go ahead and we can ignore it. So we may have a tendency to say so, but if you look in source number four over here, so the Shulchan Aruch Arab, when he records this halacha, so he now frames it in a way which makes it a little bit more difficult to just go ahead and disregard. Why is that so? So he also begins and he says, So this part is just like the Magen Avram. The Shulchan Acharav will very often go straight up like the, like the Magen Avram. So he says that the Minog in some places is to refrain from haircutting or shaving on Rosh Chodesh, even when Rosh Chodesh falls on Erev Shabbos. <coughs> but now he adds, because it's potentially dangerous. Now, once you go ahead and you introduce the concept of Sakana, this already now is a game changer in terms of our analysis of things. Because if you remember, um, sometime at the beginning of Corona, when we gave all of those shiurim about uh, pikuach nefesh in the necessity for a person to be cautious with the, their life. So you, uh, everybody remembers that there's a very famous rule, chamira sakanta mi'isura, that we treat more stringently 
things which are potentially dangerous, then we treat things which are potentially asr. So once the Shochar Kharav is now introducing that this restriction against haircutting isn't simply a halachic concern of sorts, but it's actually a, a, a concern about sakana, about danger, so then maybe we're not going to be able to just disregard it and say, listen, since none of the other Rishonim bring this down, so that means they don't pask in this way, because it may very well be that if it's something which is dangerous, maybe we have to be concerned, even with the minority opinion of Rabbi Yudachas. Because he's... he's how, did, how does the Shulchan Aruch HaRav know that, that Rabbi Yehudah's Chasik's reason has to do with Sakana? Where does he get this from? Don't know. Not, it's not clear to me where the Shulchan Aruch HaRav got that, uh, got, got that from. It may very well be just rooted in the idea that since there's no halachic source for this anywhere in Shas and other Rishonim, it must be that what he's expressing over here is a concern for, uh, for danger rather than uh, a halachic concern. But you're right, the, the, the Magan Avram and the Knesset Sagadola, they didn't bring down this element of Sakat. They didn't say explicitly, at least, that it's a potential danger. They just said that it's something which is not done. And he concludes that because this also is going to be traced back to Yudah Chasim. Okay, so now that we know that we're dealing with something which is a potential danger, so as I said, this is somewhat, this is a potential game changer. And maybe we'll have to go ahead and say, listen, if Rabbi Yudah Chasid said it, and at least according to some postgame, it's seen as a potentially dangerous activity to go ahead and get your haircut or shave on Rosh Chodesh, even when it's Erev Shabbos. So maybe we have to go ahead and we have to avoid this altogether. We should, we should automatically and instinctually adopt a stringent perspective on this. So that's why we have source number five. Source number five is the Chuvas Yosef Ometz. Chuvas Yosef Ometz, I don't know how many people will be familiar, familiar with the name of the Sefer, but it was one of the many Sfarim which are written by the Gon Chida. So the Gon Chida, in his, uh, in his many travels, so we know that he wrote on every topic uh, that exists. He wrote on Kabbalah, he wrote on Alacha, he wrote on Chomish, he wrote on Medrash, he wrote on Agarita. So amongst the many things which he wrote about is this Chuvas Yosef Ometz. So in this Chuvah, in Simon Lamed Zayin, he writes, Tzavas Rabbeinu Zal, Shaloli Saper B'Yom Rosh Chodesh. He says that in the Tzava of Rabbi Yudah Chassid, he talks about, he warns against getting a haircut on Rosh Chodesh. And now the Chidah says, Hagam Shemidibri HaRad Vaz, with Shuvah Simitafresh Pei Zayin Muchach, Zuloya Noeg Dover Zesh, Shaloli Saper B'Rosh Chodesh. So he tells us that it's evident from the Rad Vaz who was certainly no slouch in halacha, in somebody who was familiar with Kabbalistic ideas. So the Gon Chida tells us that the Radvaz, it seems clear from the Radvaz, he wasn't concerned about this restriction. He wasn't concerned about getting haircuts on Rosh Chodesh ever, not only on Erev Shabbos, but he seemed to not be concerned about this, uh, this, uh, this warning of Rabbi Yudah Chassid against getting haircuts on Rosh Chodesh. But on the other hand, Says the Gon Chida, Shamati Materis Roshi, Abamarizal, but I heard from my father, Sharodh Rabbanim Agadolim, Ari Zevizal, Umari Yitzchaki Shayunizarim, but my father told me that he was aware of Gedolim two generations before the Chida that they weren't Machbid about such a thing. So this is a thing where some people are Machbid, some people are not Machbid, but the main thing is that even with the awareness that this is something which is potentially dangerous, so you have postgame and even postgame who are familiar with the idea of <laughs> of Kabbalah matters. 
So there is definitely a school of thought which seems to disregard this warning of Rabbi Yudah Chassid, and they don't seem to be concerned with any sort of potential danger of getting a haircut on Rosh Chodesh. And therefore, since we know at least that there exists such an opinion, and even the Magen Avram alluded to this idea, as we said, because he mentioned that there are some places which are mockbit about such things. So it could be that, uh, that we could say, listen, if I don't know that people in my family were mockbit about such things, and I don't know that in Chicago, in Skokie, in young Israel of Skokie, that we have a minog to be mockbit against getting a haircut on Rosh Chodesh, we could assume that we are from those locations where they were not particular about this matter, and therefore we could keep our haircut apartment, uh, appointment for tomorrow, and we don't have to worry about the fact that it is Rosh Chodesh. Okay, so now let's see, putting aside these cables, let's see whether or not we could find from some of the classic postkim any sort of direction and hint as far as what the halacha is going to be lemaisa. Do we need to be concerned about this or not? And we would hope that being that this is something which is already mentioned uh, in, uh, in earlier postgame, at the very least the Mishabura should chime in on such a thing. And indeed, as we're going to see, the Mishabura does. But in order to get there, we have to go to a different place in Shochanach altogether. So we pick ourselves up and out of Hilchos Shabbos. And now we move in source number six over here. You see we're in Hilchos Pesach. But it's not even Hilchos Pesach in general. This is Taf Tzadi Gimel, is the Halachas of Sfira Sa'omer. So in the Halachas of Sfira Sa'omer, this is now going to be primary source number two in Shulchan Arach, from which we are going to be able to gather relevant information for this, uh, this Shiloh. So what does it say over there? So over there in Taf Tzadi Gimel, Siv Gimel, so Shulchan Arach is presenting, we all know that one is supposed to observe at least 33 days of morning of Avelus during Sphira Saomer. And there are different minhagim, whether or not we do what's called first Sphira from the beginning of Pesach, from the beginning of Sphira Saomer to Lagba Omer, or you start from Rosh Chodesh ER, and then you go till, uh, till Shmuas, or you do a hybrid of those two things, whatever those opinions are, uh, the, those various opinions. But comes along Shulchan Aruch and he says, Yesh noagim li Rosh Chodesh ER. So here already he's saying something significant. He says, some people have the practice that they do get their haircut on Rosh Chodesh ER, but says but it's a mistake. They're making a mistake when they go ahead and they cut their hair or they shave on Rosh Chodesh. Now, if you didn't see source seven, I don't know if it actually appears in front of you, but if you didn't see source seven and you just see source number six by itself, you would say, listen, we're now 20 minutes into a shear about getting a haircut on Rosh Chodesh, which is Erev Shabbos, when Shulchan Aruch says that some people go ahead and during Sviras Omer, they get a haircut on Rosh Chodesh ER, the toast, the mistake that they're making is that they're ignoring a Yudah Chassid said, you're not allowed to get a haircut on Rosh Chodesh. And that's their mistake. The mistake is that, you're, that there's something which is restricted altogether. Isn't there, I, I thought it's because none of the 30, none of the 33 day she told can 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 work if you don't include this day in the thirty-three, right? I mean, right. I'm getting to that. I'm, I'm setting this oh, up. Okay. Saying from what we learned tonight in this year, twenty minutes into this year, we may have thought that what Shulchan Aruch means tosubiyadam is because you're not allowed to get a haircut on Rosh Chodesh. But if you look, where did my mouse go? If you look in source seven, the Olas Shabbos, he's one of the uh, the commentators to uh, Shulchan Aruch over there. So he says, but he explains, what does it mean, tosu biyadam? 
the whole thing should be bolded. What does it mean when we say that it is a mistake? Kaloma, and this is what Art just mentioned, the reason why it's a mistake has nothing to do, he doesn't mention anything about Rebuta Chassid and any restrictions against getting a haircut on Rosh Chodesh, regardless of what day of the week Rosh Chodesh is. The reason why this is an error is Kalomar Shein Rosh Chodesh Mevata Avelus. Because according to all calculations, whether you hold first sphere or whether you hold second sphere, Rosh Chodesh Iyar is going to be one of those days which are not, which is one of the Avelis days. And Rosh Chodesh in and of itself is not a sufficiently joyous day, is not enough of a day that would override the Avelis. And therefore the mistake has nothing to do with Rabbi Yudah Chassid, but rather it has to do with the fact that if you're going to now uh, cut your hair on Rosh Chodesh Iyar, according to all accounts, you're going to be left with only 32 days of Avelis rather than 33 days of Avelis, and that's not going to fit into anybody's counting, but that ultimately is the error. Okay, now on that, on this halacha, about potentially getting a haircut on Rosh Chodesh Iyar, which Shulchan Aruch clearly says is a mistake, now this is where things get interesting for us. And here you have the Mishabrua chiming in, and he says he's not really addressing, the he's addressing a variation, really, of Shulchan Aruch's case. And the Mishabur here says, it's Taf Tzadi Gimel, Sif Katen Hei. He says, Even those people who keep what we call first Sphira, so right out of the gate, from the beginning of Sphira to Omer, they're already observing the restrictions. They're not haircutting and they're not uh, um, uh, shaving and they're not getting married after Pesach until Rosh Chodesh Iyar. Nonetheless, Im Rosh Chodesh B'Shabes, what happens when Rosh Chodesh Iyar falls on Shabbos? Says the Mishabura, Kevan Sheyesh Kantosefes Simcha. Now, when you have this combination of Shabbos and Rosh Chodesh, which coincide, so this now is a supercharged Simcha. Shabbos by itself isn't enough of a reason, according to Mishabura, to shave or to get a haircut during Sphira Saomer. Rosh Chodesh by itself, we already established, is not a sufficient reason to get a haircut or shave during Sphira Saomer. But when Shabbos and Rosh Chodesh combine, so then that's, I was just playing uh, uh, checkers with uh, Shlemy, taught him about a king. So now you go ahead and you king the person, and now you're too, too, your stack too high. So once you're stacked, T-W-O high. So then Shabbos Rosh, Rosh Chodesh, Yesh Lahatir, so then you could suddenly, then there is a sufficient reason to go ahead and get a haircut or, or shave on that Arab Shabbos in honor of the next day's event of that supercharged simcha of the, the, uh, the, the combination of Shabbos and Rosh Chodesh. Right? So that sounds good. So we know that whenever that happens, that Rosh Chodesh falls on Shabbos, we always try, one second, Alan, we always yeah. try and remember, am I allowed to get a haircut this year of Shabbos? I'm not allowed to get a haircut this year of Shabbos. Everybody starts uh, b- recalling a vague memory of the fact that maybe you can, maybe you can't. But here the Mishabura says that when Shabbos and Rosh Chodesh coincide, when Shabbos, Rosh Chodesh, Iyar coincide, you're allowed to go ahead and get a haircut on Erev Shabbos. Yes, Alan. But this is when the Rosh Chodesh is on Shabbos, not on Arab Shabbos, right? Right. Excellent. Good. Thank you for taking the bait. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, yeah. I, th- I, I think I think the calendar works out so whenever Rosh Chodesh is on Shabbos that month, it's also on Friday. Oh, I'm pretty sure. Okay. So, um, um, hold on. I want you to be. 
I need to, okay, we're going to do 10, 11, and then back down to nine. Sorry about that. Okay. So now, um, so based on what, the, what Ellen just said, so now we have uh, in the, uh, another place in Shulchan Aruch we need to go to, and this is Simen Tav Chavches. Tav Chavches is towards the end of Hilchos Rosh Chodesh. It's not so much a, a Rosh Chodesh set of halachas in that Simen, but Simen Tav Chavches, it's in the Mishabur, it's at the end of Chedlik Dalad. It's very famous because this lays down for us many rules about the Jewish calendar. The fixed calendar which we have, not what we're talking about in Dafyomi, where witnesses have to show up and they have to testify they saw the new moon and things very much revolve around the, the witness testimony. But this Sif in Shulchan Aruch and this uh, Simon in Shulchan Aruch is talking about the established fixed calendar which we follow, which is we're going to see there are certain rules which must be followed in order for uh, Yom Tovin to either fall or not, it's more so, not fall on particular days. We can't have Yom Tovin fall on particular days. So here Shulchan Aruch says, so Yom Tovim cannot fall on the following days of the week. Lo adu Rosh Hashanah. So Rosh Hashanah could never fall on Aleph on Sunday, first day of Rosh Hashanah. Can never be on Sunday, Wednesday, that's the Dalit, or Friday. So if you look up your 2000, your, your 200 year calendar, and the first day of Rosh Hashanah will never fall on a Sunday, Wednesday, or Friday. Velo ga'av Yom and this is just an extension of that. If you say lo adu rosh, so that means Yom Kippur could never fall on a Tuesday, a Sunday, or a Friday. What will be significant, you'll have to remember, is that we never want Yom Kippur to fall on a Sunday or a Friday, because that means you essentially have two consecutive days of Shabbos, either Friday Shabbos or Shabbos Sunday. So we would never have two consecutive days where you're not allowed to have any malacha done whatsoever. We just had that in Daf Yomi. And therefore, Yom Kippur will never fall on a, a Sunday, Tuesday, or Friday. Lo Zavad Purim, the first day of Purim, meaning the 14th of Adar, will never fall on a Shabbos, a Monday, or a Wednesday. That's not so significant for us now. And then the one that we need to pay attention to is Lo Badu Pesach. Pesach, first day of Pesach, will never fall on a Monday, a Wednesday, or a Friday. Okay, now why is it that Pesach can never fall on a Monday, a Wednesday, or a Friday? What's, why is that baked into the calendar, into the structure of our fixed calendar, that Pesach should never be able to fall on one of those three days of the week? So the Bir Halacha here explains the more in-depth commentary of the, uh, of the Mishabura, and he says, now as we said, so there's three things three important things to keep in mind when it comes to the structure of the calendar and the timing of the Yom Tovim. And they are, two of them we already mentioned, that we can never have, we never want Yom Kippur to fall on a Friday or a uh, Sunday. And then the third consideration, which we have to keep in mind, is the fact that we, ne- we don't want Hoshana Rabbah to ever fall out on Shabbos. We can never have Hoshana Rabbah fall out on Shabbos. So those are the three considerations. So we have, we'll, we'll manipulate the entire calendar in order to make sure that Yom Kippur doesn't fall on Friday or Sunday and Hoshana Rabbah won't fall out on Shabbos. Okay, so with that background, explains the Bir Halacha. In the event that the first day of Pesach were to fall out on a Monday, a Wednesday, or a Friday, 
So then, what's going to happen? So we know everything follows uh, automatically at this point. So what that would mean automatically, because Shavuos is always going to be, the, the first day of Shavuos will always be the second day of Pesach. So if Pesach were to fall out Monday, Wednesday, or Friday, that means Shavuos, first day of Shavuos, would have to fall out on uh, Tuesday, Thursday, or Shabbos. Umemela, and if that were to occur, so the day of the week that the first day of Shavuos falls out is the same day of the week that the upcoming Hoshana Rabbah is going to fall out. Because remember, from although between Sukkot and Pesach, there are some months which can be 29-day months and some months can be 30-day months that changes year after year. Between Pesach and Sukkot, we follow a very strict order of 29, 30, 29, 30, 29, 30. And there's no variation in those months whatsoever. So we could say okay. definitively that whatever day of the week Shavuos falls out is the day of the week that Hoshana Rabbah is going to end up. And yeah, therefore... Be, between Sukkot and Pesach, not only does it vary how many days are in some months, it also varies how many months you have. And also how many months. That's right. This, it also uh, varies how it. many months. Correct. So he says that if Shavuos were to fall on Tuesday, on Tuesday Thursday, or Shabbos, so Memela Yeh Hoshana Rabbah Gam can be Yomzeh. So that means that Hoshana Rabbah would also have to fall on either a Tuesday, Thursday, or, uh-oh, Friday, or Shabbos. We said we can't have Hoshana Rabbah fall out on Shabbos. Because as we said, that the day of the week that Shavuos falls out, the first day of Shavuos, is the same day of the week that's going to be Hoshana Rabbah. And as we said, that violates one of our cardinal uh, calendar rules, cardinal calendar rules, and he says, is that EF Shar? And that's not possible. Because we cannot have Hoshana Rabbah fall out on the Shabbos because we need to have Hoshana Rabbah. And we can never allow the calendar to end up with Hoshana Rabbah falling out on Shabbos. Okay. And the reason why Pesach can't fall out on a Tuesday or a Thursday, sorry, the reason why Shavuos can't be on a Tuesday or a Thursday and therefore, Pesach can't be on a Monday or a Wednesday. Because that would mean that you would end up there, the Yom Kippur would end up falling out on a Friday or a Sunday, which also we said it cannot happen. We cannot allow Yom Kippur to fall out on those days. And that's also a violation of our calendar rules. So being that we have to avoid Hoshana Rabbah on Shabbos, Yom Kippur on Friday or Sunday, therefore, when you follow, when you trace the calendar backwards, that's why Pesach can never occur on a Monday, Wednesday, or a Friday. Okay, Shkoyach, what does that have to do with the price of tea in China? So now we go back to source nine. Source nine is a footnote in Shmir Shabbos Kilchasah. So he's talking about the obligation to go ahead and cut your hair on Arab Shabbos. And in the course of that discussion, he brings up this issue of what happens when Shabbos, uh, Arab Shabbos and Rosh Chodesh coincide. So he says, oh, sorry, I'm over here. So the Mishaburah, which we just saw, that's going to be the Mishaburah in eight. He rules that we're lenient as far as getting a haircut on Friday, which is Rosh Chodesh. Now, if you look back at source number eight, 
he didn't say anything about Friday. All the Mishabura said in source number eight is that when Rosh Chodesh Iyar in Shabbos coincide, so then you're going to be allowed to get a haircut because when Shabbos and Rosh Chodesh, that combination is such a great simcha, you'll be allowed to get a haircut on the day before, which is Friday, in honor of the upcoming Shabbos Rosh Chodesh. So where do you see that the Mishabur is chiming in about being able to get a haircut on Rosh Chodesh? So he puts in parentheses here, Shaharei Muvasham, the Rosh Chodesh Ir B'Shabbos. Because the Mishabrua talks about what happens when Rosh Chodesh Iyar occurs on Shabbos. And as we're going to see, Hainu Yom Rosh Chodesh. When Rosh Chodesh and Shabbos, when Rosh Chodesh Iyar and Shabbos coincide, it cannot be a Shabbos Sunday Rosh Chodesh. It can only be a Friday Shabbos Rosh Chodesh. The Lefi, because according to the Fiat Klal, because it's impossible for the first day of Rosh Chodesh Iyar to fall on Shabbos. I'll show you that in a minute. Umuva, and therefore, since that's true, when the Mishabura says you're allowed to get a haircut on Friday, when Shabbos and Rosh Chodesh coincide, he's talking about where Friday is Rosh Chodesh. And even though Friday is Rosh Chodesh, he's saying that since tomorrow is going to be Shabbos and Rosh Chodesh, you can get your haircut on Friday, even though it's Rosh Chodesh. And therefore says the footnote to the Shmir Shabbos, it seems evident that the Mishabura is lenient about such things. Umuva, and it's he, the Mishabura brings down, that you're allowed to go ahead and get your haircut on Friday in that scenario, even though it's Rosh Chodesh. How do we know that this is true? Okay, let me see if I get this other thing up here for you. Okay, you have a calendar now on this screen in front of you? Yeah? Okay, so do you have over here, I'm sorry, it's, it's busy with a lot of different stuff which is going on, but the main thing over here is we're looking at these two days. You see where I am on Friday Shabbos of Rosh Chodesh? Yeah? So here is the, the Saturday day, the one which is yellow now. So that is, that is Shabbos Rosh Chodesh Iyar. Right? So we said that everything from Pesach, from Nisan, all the way through Sukkot, the calendar is fixed. And what that means is, is that Nisan is always going to be a 30-day month, right? So what happens on this day that the Mishabur is talking about, where Shabbos and Rosh Chodesh Iyar coincide, which is Shabbos. So what day was the first day of Pesach? The first day of Pesach in that calendar, I moved now up to that Pesach one, that Thursday should be brown now. So that occurs on a Thursday. So when, Pesach, when the first day of Pesach occurs on a Thursday, then you'll have Rosh Chodesh Iyar taking place on a Shabbos. But the first day of Rosh Chodesh is on Friday. So if we were going to go ahead and construct a, uh, a scenario where Rosh Chodesh Iyar is going to be Shabbos Sunday, that means that we need to move Pesach over a day. We need to move Pesach from Thursday to Friday. And we said the first day of Pesach cannot fall on Friday. Because if the first day of Pesach falls out on Friday, that messes up the calendar vis-a-vis, uh, I think it's going to end up being Yom Kippur, which is going to be messed up. And we can't go ahead and allow that to happen. So the only way for there to be a Rosh Chodesh Iyar in Shabbos is, points out the Shmir Shabbos, is only when it's a Friday Shabbos Rosh Chodesh. It can never be Shabbos Sunday. And therefore, we know for sure that when the Mishabura said that when the Shabbos and Rosh Chodesh Iyar coincide, you're allowed to get a haircut. 
what he was referring to is the fact that you're going to be allowed to get a haircut on Friday, even though Friday is Rosh Chodesh. And therefore the Shemir Shabbos sees that as evidence to the idea that the Mishabura is lenient as far as this restriction of Rabbi Yudachas is concerned. And therefore we could say that, listen, if I have my haircut appointment for tomorrow, I don't have to cancel it because the Mishabura is Mako. Even though Rabbi Yudachas is Machmer, it's clearly evident from the Mishabura and the way the whole calendar has to be structured that we're going that the Mishabura is lenient and he doesn't hold of this restriction against getting a haircut on uh, on the uh, um, uh, uh, Rosh Chodesh when it's Erev Shabbos. Okay, give up. However, that's not necessarily true. Uh, and just for time's sake, Rav Moshe says the same thing. He says a little bit more uh, terse in source 12. We'll just read in source 13 because he elaborates a little bit more. So this is from the Sefer called Kovet Halachos. It's a collection. It's a very nice uh, presentation of halachas related to Yom Tovim. He's now doing a I think he's already has a couple of volumes on the Choshavis, but he presents the background to many of the, most of the very, um, a very thorough background of the relevant Shilas, Halach Lamais, related to all the Yom Tovim. And the, its claim to fame is that he brings down the comments and the insights of Rav Shmuel Kamenetsky from uh, Philadelphia Yeshiva, who, uh, the, being a, even though he was Rosh Yeshiva all of these years, he is uh, quite an accomplished uh, posting in, in, in his own right. So here he writes in source 13 over here in the volume on Sphere Omer. So he writes, Shlita. He says that uh, sorry, it's all highlighted. He says, He says, even those people who generally are Makbid not to get a haircut on Rosh Chodesh because of Yudah Chasid, but on this Rosh Chodesh, meaning Rosh Chodesh Iyar, which, co- which coincides with Shabbos, you will be able to get your haircut that Friday, even though it's Rosh Chodesh. In other words, he's saying that the Mishabru is not disregarding the, the uh, Rebbe Yudah Chassid's opinion altogether. What the, the leniency of the Mishabru is unique to Rosh Chodesh Iyar. Why? why? Why should there be a special leniency because of Rosh Chodesh Iyar? Because of the ER? su- super intense simcha on the day following. So we're going to have, that's going to be one element of it, great. Right? Yeah. And then there's going to be a second element of that. And he says, What now, this is his understanding of it. In art, you could say, where did, where did Shmuel get this from? And I wouldn't be able to tell you where he gets this from. But he assumes that why is Rabbi Yudah Chassid Makbid that you shouldn't be getting a, a haircut on Rosh Chodesh is because the reason why we don't want you to get a haircut on Rosh Chodesh is because you should prepare yourself for Rosh Chodesh. And the way you prepare yourself for Rosh Chodesh is get a haircut before Rosh Chodesh. So since we expect you to go ahead and prepare, similar to like Chalamoid, you're not allowed to cut your hair on Chalamoid because we don't want you to go into Chalamoid saying, you know what, I'll have time off from work on Chalamoid and I'll get my haircut during Chalamoid. We want, you to, we want to make sure that you go into Yantif looking nice already. And therefore, we hold it against you in the event that you didn't do so. So if Shmuel says, if Shmuel Kamenetsky says that the whole reason Rabbi Yudah Hasid is Makbid against getting a haircut on Rosh Chodesh is because he expected you to prepare for Rosh Chodesh by getting a haircut in advance. Kodem umistapa Rosh Chodesh. And if a person decides not to go ahead and prepare and they get a haircut on Rosh Chodesh, that's already offensive. Shabazen Nira, because by doing so, 
Nira Kizilzo de Roshkodesh, but Mashadacha Tispora's delay ad Roshkodesh Dachba. It seems that it's disrespectful to Roshkodesh in that you delayed your haircut until Roshkodesh rather than wanting to look nice as you enter into Roshkodesh. So that, Rav Shmuel says, is the whole kapeda. Aval, but here, in the case of Rosh Chodesh Iyar, hecha delo haya efshar li stop recording Rosh Chodesh. Here, if you wanted to get a, a haircut in advance of Rosh Chodesh Iyar, you're not allowed to because it's Sviras Omer. So if it's Sviras Omer and I didn't have a choice, you can't tell me, well, you should have gotten your haircut beforehand. And therefore, since you didn't do so, we're going to restrict you from getting a haircut in Rosh Chodesh. For this particular month, there was no option. I didn't have an option to go ahead and get a haircut beforehand because I'm holding first sphere. And if I'm holding first sphere, I can't. So then says Rav Shmuel, after Rav Yudah Chassid, even according to Rav Yudah Chassid, he may very well agree that for this one month, you'd be able to go ahead and get your haircut on Rosh Chodesh, even though for other months, that would not necessarily be the case. In Rav Moshe, as I said, in source 12, it says a similar idea. He preceded Rav Shmuel, but he expresses a similar idea. He says that um, his last line is, because you couldn't get your haircut beforehand if you keep first fear up. And therefore, according to Rav Moshe and according to Rav Shmuel, you would not be able to say that according to the Mishnah Brura, that tomorrow, Rosh Chodesh Kislev, that the Mishabur would necessarily be makel and say that you could go ahead and you could get your haircut when Rosh Chodesh falls out on Erev Shabbos. That source which we have from Tafzadi Gimel for Rosh Chodesh Iyar may be a unique thing related to Rosh Chodesh Iyar because as El said, it's a combination of Rosh Chodesh and Shabbos together, the great Simcha, and the fact that you couldn't have gotten the haircut beforehand, so therefore we can't hold that against you, but for Rosh Chodesh, he's slave, so there's no reason to have not gotten the haircut on today, Thursday, yesterday, Wednesday, the day before Tuesday, whatever it's going to be, and therefore it may be, according to Rav Moshe and Rav Shmuel, that those who are mocked about such things would be mocked even on Rosh Chodesh, he's slave, which falls out on an air of Shabbos. <coughs> so these are the uh, the opinions having to do with, as I said, get whether or not it's permitted to go ahead and get a haircut or shave or uh, or really cut your nails uh, tomorrow. Um, there are definitely people who are mocked about such things, but as I said, I don't think that uh, in our circles this is something that people are particularly mocked about. I think many people don't even know that there's a shaila related to this, let alone whether or not we're going to be mocked. And the fact that people don't know that there's a shaila is clear proof that we don't have such a, a, a minute by us. But still makes for a good cheer. <laughs> I hope it made for, uh, for... Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.